The text for the sermon is taken from uh, James. Uh, Do not err, my beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, uh, which is able to save your souls. And then uh, a a passage from Peter that I have uh, often quoted uh, with this uh, in the last few weeks, uh, Peter, 2 Peter 1.4, by which he has granted to us uh, a precious uh, and very great promises that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Partakers of the divine nature. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And it's just that uh, that I want to continue to explore today, this finality of man, which is to become a partaker, to become partakers of the uh, divine nature, uh, which is uh, also uh, hinted at, at least uh, in the title Christ gave us as children of God. Uh, and, and namely, uh, what I'm thinking specifically of is the deification of human beings. And you know, by deification, I don't mean that you become God. Uh, but that we take upon ourselves the characteristics of, of our Lord, uh, not just morally, but in other ways, for example, we will live forever, and human beings don't live forever, but we will, in fact, uh, live forever, eternally with our Lord. That's just one example. At any rate, I think that uh, uh, the reality is, is that we take uh, titles of a identity like I am an American or I'm a Virginian or I'm a modern man uh, more earnestly than we do uh, d- take the identity that Jesus himself, himself bestowed upon us when he gave us a prayer that began with the words, Our Father. Uh, if we take Jesus seriously when he says, This is my body, if uh, we take him seriously when he tells uh, Mary to uh, go to the empty tomb, I mean, for Mary to uh, uh, return to uh, the apostles and tell them that Jesus had ascended unto his father. He says, to my father and your father, uh, then we should take him seriously on this matter as well. Uh, You can be sure that the early church uh, believed that the title children of God, are y'all with me? Okay, this is going to be absolutely crystal clear by the time I'm done, in a year or so. Um, the, earliest, uh, the earliest church believed that the title, of children, the, the title children of God uh, wasn't merely a title that we were given to grow into morally. It's not simply that. We're not just growing into something morally. Uh, but rather, uh, they, uh, the first Christians took the title children of God to signify so radical a change, listen, so radical a change in their state of being that they were quite prepared at that point to entirely dispense with Israel. I mean, that's in the latter parts of the gospel. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and throughout uh, the epistles where they have to deal with this, uh, this problem. Uh, on the other hand, there, you know, there was the, the crowd, and this shows up again, that St. Paul called the circumcision. These were Jewish Christians who affirmed the reality that through Jesus we are the children of God, yes, but that first we have to become Jews in order to become Christians and to become children of God. 
And St. Paul, of course, ends up having to battle this issue throughout most, in fact, most uh, of his ministry. Uh, and, and in fact, it takes years uh, for, uh, for the church to work through this, uh, uh, this issue. And um, so we, we, what I want to do is to take this seriously, take a sober, critical look at how we use this, the language of the church, and especially when it comes to this universally received recognition, namely this naming, identifying, and distinguishing of those uh, who are baptized into Jesus to be children of God. Those who are baptized into Jesus have become children of God. Uh, our resurrected Lord himself uh, 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 communicates uh, uh, this uh, commission to Mary Magdalene, and he reinforces this reality on the morning of his resurrection. This radicalized state of being baptized means that God is our father and Jesus is our sibling. St. Athanasius, you've heard, we've talked about St. Athanasius before, one of the great heroes of the faith. Uh, St. Athanasius, certainly the great hero of, of the Nicene uh, Council, the first council of the church that dealt with the question there was, is Jesus God or is he, is he merely a, a creature? And of course the answer is that he's God Almighty, God of God, light of light. St. Athanasius, who was a hero of that, in his book on the incarnation of the word, uh, 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 has it uh, that, that our deification uh, is, uh, is the fundamental argument for the, for the full divinity of our Lord. This is Athanasius way back at the very beginning of the church's theological thinking through this. Uh, thus Athanasius underlines not only here but throughout his writings that common life in his common prayer when he writes for he Christ was made man that we might be made God and again I remind you I'm not talking about that we become God by nature uh, but that we take upon ourselves characteristics of the divinity and he goes on and he says uh, and he manifested himself uh, in a body that we might grasp and understand the unseen father and again Athanasius writes in a letter to a bishop Adelphius against the Arians they were the ones who didn't believe that God uh, that Jesus was uh, fully God uh, he writes to them summing up the mystery and the effect of the resurrection of the incarnation when he says for he has become man that he might deify you in himself uh, and and he and he has been born of a woman begotten of a virgin in order to transfer to himself our erring generation that is that we may become henceforth a holy race and partakers of the divine nature as saint peter wrote uh, so and and then again he says uh the, this over and over again uh that the church's uh this is in the church's common prayer athanasius writes that if the word was not truly incarnated uh, if Jesus was not really the flesh of Mary's flesh and truly God, then we're not saved. Uh, and uh, so everything that matters uh, to Jesus, everything that matters to St. Paul uh, and, and the other apostles 
and Athanasius and the church fathers and the whole church uh, in, in the earliest years of the church. Uh, everything is completely dependent upon the incarnation. Everything is dependent upon that. That God Almighty has truly become a, a human being. Our connection to the Son is intimate. Our relation to Jesus is the pearl of great price because he has, in a devoted solidarity with us, he's become a partaker of our flesh and blood. And that very thing, that was accomplished in the incarnation through the flesh of his mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. God has become flesh of our flesh, and thus we have a true connection, a literally a material uh, connection in the flesh that we share with Jesus. And this is the reality, that our very human nature, in fact, body and all, uh, that once hung upon the cross, today, this day, participates in the interior life of God the Blessed Trinity. Human nature, true human nature, body and all, has been assumed into the life of God, taken up into the life of God, who is God, without annihilating, without destroying or harming the human nature itself. Are y'all with me? Okay. You don't want me to repeat anything. That's why you're all saying, yeah, I'm with you. But that's okay. I'm with you. It makes all the difference in the world. And I'm going to emphasize this as well. Uh, it makes, there are two points specifically that I want you to grasp. The first is that, the first point is that the incarnation is the event in which the word of the Father entered into the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary and received our flesh from her. And as Athanasius put it, our flesh was knit into the word of heaven in order that our flesh may be then taken back to heaven. So we become, you see what I'm saying? Uh, we, uh, he, it's another way of saying God became man that man might become uh, divine. Uh, heaven has come to earth in order for heaven to be uh, to, to then take earth back in uh, to heaven itself. What I want you to understand is that the flesh of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, his human nature came from his Mary. This is a, another point. Uh, his flesh was not created out of nothing. It wasn't created by fiat. His flesh was, came from his mother uh, Mary, uh, uh, and, and, and he, he, we, he received his flesh from her, just like we all receive our flesh and our, full, our humanity from our mother. It, become, uh, it is because human nature, body and all, has been assumed into the life of God that we human beings may now participate in the life of God. And this is the second point. I've talked about this a lot, about participation, what participation is, and, and this, is, uh, this is the second point that I want you to get, and this is crucial. The human nature that our Lord Jesus Christ received from the Blessed Virgin Mary, even after his uh, humanity was assumed, even after the crucifixion, even after the resurrection, even after his ascension into, human into heaven, that human nature remains human nature. Okay, it hasn't been turned into something else. When we say that we are being divinized, we don't mean that we're becoming less than human beings. What we actually mean is that we're really becoming fully 
uh, human and fulfilling all of uh, human potential in Jesus Christ. The flesh of our Lord, his humanity was perfected and knit into the life of the word and by participation in the life of the word, wounds of the fall are healed. Uh, and uh, so Jesus' humanity, as I said, was not made more human or less human uh, because as you know, and I've said this a million times too, grace perfects nature. Grace does not destroy nature. Grace perfects nature. Grace does not destroy nature. And this is all about participation in the life of God, or as St. Peter put it, the partaking of uh, the, uh, the divine nature. Um, and of course the issue is how do we, how do we get into that state uh, of, of grace and of participation and, and the answer is that we are baptized into that. And once having been baptized, then we uh, uh, feed upon the sacraments and the nurture of, uh, of Holy Mother Church. And this is the way we're saved. One other point I want to make is that salvation in the New Testament doesn't mean that we're just forgiven our sins. That's the way we tend to read it most of the time, but that's not what it means. It does include that, but more fundamentally, uh, salvation uh, in the most complete sense of the word in the New Testament means to be made whole, to grow, to actuate our full potential as human beings, to realize our destiny as deified creatures bound for the beatific vision, meant to behold God face to face, to see and to worship the God who is God through the eyes, in a manner of speaking, of God himself. And that is our true happiness and, uh, uh, and, and our true beatitude in the perfection of our nature. Uh, as one uh, author put it uh, in a book he wrote a few years ago, we are dust bound for heaven. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.